Hallelujah. Well, I want to welcome all of you to Faith Church this morning. And uh, I am in the middle of a series uh, called uh, Things That Jesus Called Us to Pray For. Our students are, are uh, exiting right now, and, and uh, they're going to, even our, our uh, older kids are going to receive ministry this morning. How to, how to prepare for the coming school year. That's what we're talking to them about. And so uh, thank you for, thank you for being a part. Amen. Well, well, now it looks empty in here, doesn't it? <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad you're here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt that series this morning um, for a word that, that I believe that God wants us to hear, a word about faithfulness. A word about faithfulness. Faithfulness. And I want to start in Proverbs chapter 20. So you can open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 20. I'm going to read verse 6, and uh, then we're going to pray together. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says this. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? That's a great question, isn't it? Most will boast in their own accomplishments, in their own goodness. But that's not what God is looking for. What God is looking for is faithfulness. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning for your word. And we're not looking for anything else this morning except your word to speak to our hearts. Lord, if this is an exciting atmosphere, I'm happy about that. Lord, if Everybody leaves feeling wonderful. I'm happy about that. But my main goal, Lord, is that your word will impact our lives and bring about transformation in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. A couple of, uh, I think it was last week, Brian brought a word about being faithful. God spoke to him uh, the word of faithfulness. And that word faithfulness works itself out in so many different areas of our lives, right? You have to be faithful every day to your job. What happens if you're not faithful to your job? You no longer have a job. Why? Is it because, because you weren't good looking enough? Is it because you, you uh, weren't talented enough? No, it's because you weren't faithful. Nothing thrills employers more than faithfulness right? Skills can be taught, many of them. Skills can increase. 
knowledge on how to run a computer or this program or that program can be taught. But without faithfulness, you have nothing to work with. Faithfulness is foundational to our walk with God. Faithfulness is foundational to everything about Christianity. In fact, what we're going to see this morning is that God builds his kingdom on faithfulness. It's so important that faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness ought to be something that is increasing in the lives of godly men and women. Amen? Faithfulness is a fruit of growing in the Spirit. It's an outcome. It's a result. It's an evidence. You should be able to say, I can tell that God is doing good things in your life because faithfulness is increasing. Amen? Faithful people is what God is looking for. Praise the Lord. Faithfulness. In Micah chapter 7, the prophet lamented because there was no faithfulness. In fact, in verse 2, he says, the faithful man has perished from the earth. Wow. And there is no one upright among them. Micah the prophet preaching, calling people to faithfulness. But he looked around, and in all of the nation of Israel could not find one that was faithful to the Lord. And he, he lamented. He lamented. But Jesus is building his church in Matthew 16. And he said this, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. But how does he build his church? How does he grow his church? He, in fact, the, the church is people. Did you, did you, you got that right? The church is people. Okay, now the kingdom of God, just a, a little understanding here. The kingdom of God is bigger than the church. The kingdom of God encompasses all of the the created beings that exist to serve the Lord. So the heavens are filled with angelic creatures, right? Angelic creatures are part of the kingdom of God. They are doing the work of God. They are under the rulership of God. God is assigning angels here and there to do work into the earth. He's telling them to do things. They are part of the kingdom. But they are not a part of the church. The church is a unique part of the kingdom that is made up of individual people. And so when Jesus said, I will build my church, he was not talking about building angels. He was not talking about building uh, all of the atmosphere of heaven. He was talking about building people in the earth. And the kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God is expressed in the earth 
by the church of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that you're a part of it? Hallelujah. In fact, the way to become part of the church is through the body and the, and the blood of Jesus Christ. He shed his blood so that I could not only be forgiven, but placed in the church. Hallelujah. The church increases and advances and moves. He's building his church, but how does it increase? I believe that one of the main ingredients for Jesus building his church is faithfulness. 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 The shoulders of faithfulness advance the kingdom of God. Faithfulness. In Luke chapter 16, in verse 10, Jesus said this, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And if you are unfaithful in little, you'll also be unfaithful in much. Faithfulness is key. In Luke chapter 19, he told a parable, and he said, hey, uh, here's, here's, a, here's one denarii for you, two denarii for you, and five denarii for you. See what you can go do with it. And the one with one lacked faithfulness, and he buried it and said, well, when my master asks for it, I'm going to go do my own thing. I got things to do. I, got, I, I, want, I don't want to take my time to do his work. And so I'm just going to bury it, and when he asks for it, I'll dig it up and give it back. But the one that was given two said, you know what? I'm going to take these two, and I'm going to invest them, and I'm going to use them to multiply my master's denarii. And so the one with two brought two back, and the one with five did the same thing, and he brought five back. And Jesus looked at him and said, uh, with the one with two, and he said, you have been faithful with little. See, I will entrust you with much. And do you see what happened there? The kingdom of that master just advanced on the faithfulness of that servant. The one with five exercised faithfulness, and the master said, oh, you've been faithful with little. I will give you much. And he put, he put the, the one that was faithful with two in charge of, uh, and brought four denarii back in charge of two cities. And the one in, with the five denarii, they, they were just denarii. And he said, okay, you've been faithful with five denarii. I'm going to give you five cities to govern. They had no idea. They thought their reward was just going to be, well, my master's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you are looking forward to that day when Jesus welcomes you into the kingdom and says, well done, good and faithful servant? They had no idea that the master was going to say, hey, you did well with two coins. Now I'm going to give you two cities. Wow. They had no idea the plans that the master had for them.
but their faithfulness led them into something greater and better and bigger, and the kingdom of the master moved forward on the faithfulness of those servants. Jesus is building his church in very much the same way. He is building his church on the backs of faithful believers that will come before him and say, here I am, use me however you want to use me. Oh, glory to God. And he looks at you and he says, you're faithful. You're faithful. I can use you. I want to be used by God in this, in this hour. Amen? How does this happen? How does the kingdom grow through faithfulness? Well, uh, turn with me to... Um, I believe 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Is this good? Praise the name of the Lord. First Corinthians chapter four, verse one. There I got it. Paul is speaking of his own ministry here. And he says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So Paul when he uh, was saved on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, he had an encounter with the living God. It was powerful. That encounter transformed his life forever. He was never the same. And from that point on, he had a new relationship with God, and God began, he was trained in the Old Testament, and God gave him a trust, called him into the ministry, to be a steward of the kingdom of God, of the mysteries of God. And he is telling that to the, to the Corinthians. He's saying, regard us as servants. We are stewards of this mystery. Now look at verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. The things that God has deposited into you, he is expecting a return upon. The things that he has given to you, he has the expectation that you be faithful with it. Paul understood this expectation. I've been given the mysteries of God to impart to other people, Paul is saying, and it is required of me to be found faithful to that which God has called me to do. And as I'm faithful, the kingdom increases. Now look at what happened in Paul's life. He went all over the known world, and he planted churches everywhere. This is how the kingdom moves forward. Let's take a couple of different examples. I want to uh, talk about the domino effect of kingdom life. The domino effect of kingdom life. One 
one act of faithfulness leads to God working in mighty ways. Do you believe that? One act of faithfulness. God entrusts you with a dream, and you not giving up on that dream leads to great things happening in the kingdom of God. Faithfulness. Let me give you some examples from the Old Testament. There was a woman who was childless, but God had put it in her heart to have children. And her name was Hannah. You can read about her story in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And Elkanah, her husband, made the mistake of having two wives. Uh, men here, it is not a good idea. Just, just saying. Uh, one is plenty. But Elkanah had two, and Hannah had no children. But Elkanah had children by his other wife, and so he had sons and daughters. And, uh, but, but Hannah had none. God put it in Hannah's heart to have children. You, you know what she had to do with that dream that was in her life? She had to steward that dream. She had to be faithful to that dream. And so year after year, she would not have kids. And Elkanah finally came to her and said, I'm paraphrasing here. You can read about it in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and said, and said, Hannah, I don't want you to be sad anymore. I want you to be happy. And so will you just let go of your dream? Will you just be happy being my wife? I love you. And Hannah could have in that moment said, you know what? I guess you're right. I guess God wants me to be happy. I'll just be happy in other things. Hannah could have done that, and that would have, in the moment, made Elkanah happy because her, his wife would no longer have a countenance that was downcast and disheartened. But Hannah was faithful to the dream that God had given to her. And so what did she do? She did not listen to her husband. She went down on the floor there in the, in the temple, and Eli, the high priest, was watching her, and she was so overcome with emotion, she unburdened herself on the Lord, and she said, oh, God, in her heart, her lips were, were, were moving, but no sound was coming out, and in her heart, she was saying, oh, God. God, you've given me this dream. I refuse to give up on it. I, I want to be faithful to this dream. Give me the desire of my heart. Open up the heavens and answer my prayer in, in, in the name of the Lord. She was faithful to her dream. So much so that Eli looked at her and said, you're drunk, woman. Quit drinking. And she said, no, I'm not drunk. I just have this burden in my heart, this dream in my life. And she got a hold of God. And God heard her cry. And the prophet Eli prophesied over her and said, May it be done according to your heart's desire. And the next year she gave birth to Samuel. Now, what if she had not been faithful 
to the dream. Samuel would not have been born. The word of the Lord, which was not being heard in that day, would not have been heard. The king, the kingship over Israel would not have been installed. And many years later, when Samuel was an old man, he would not have poured that horn of oil over David, who became king and great, 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 great grandfather to the Messiah. One act of faithfulness by a woman named Hannah. Amazing. Amazing. As long as we're in the book of Samuel, let's talk about David. David's out in the sheep pen, chapter 17. And his oldest three brothers are fighting with Saul in the war against the Philistines. And Jesse, David's father, calls him and says, Hey, I've, I've got some bread and I've got some food that I, I want you to take to your older brothers on the front line. And I want you to bring me back a report to how they're doing. And here's ten lumps of cheese. And I want you to take these cheeses to the commanders over them and bless them and bring me back word. And in verse 7, uh, verse uh, uh, 17, he gives him the instruction. And uh, a little, little while later, it's, the Bible says this. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. Delivering cheese. Faithful in little. And you know the rest of the story. Because he's faithful in delivering cheese. Goliath fell. And the army of Israel was delivered mightily. Why? Because David was faithful with little because he was willing to be a servant when nobody else saw, when it didn't matter to anybody else. Starts off little, but ended up big because God means what he says. Come on. Somebody ought to be getting excited about this because, because right now you're doing some little tiny things that God told you to do in what to study, in what to read, in how to pray, and how to spend your time. You're being faithful in things, and nobody else is seeing. But I'm telling you who is seeing. God is seeing. Hallelujah. And because God is seeing you be faithful to him in little things, he is going to bless you with much. Oh, praise God. Praise God. You, you that say, well, I can't give to the Lord. I don't make enough. Can I tell you something? You will never make enough. Because if you're not faithful with little, why would God give you more? 
Do you see the principle here? If I'm willing to tithe on a dime and bring a penny, if I'm willing to bring to the storehouse one penny because God blessed me with a dime, what do you think that does for the Lord? It opens the way for him to be able to say, there's one that'll be, that's faithful with little. Woo! And you know what you might be bringing the next week? You might be bringing a dime with you the next week because you made a dollar. And if you'll be faithful with a dollar, God sees where you are. You'll be faithful with a dollar, pretty soon you're going to bring... You're going to bring $10 as an offering because God's blessed you with 100 You're faithful with little. God will make sure that it increases and that it grows. Faithfulness. Who can find? Who can find faithfulness? I think of, of my own life. I can kind of relate to a young man named Mordecai. Mordecai was born in 1877. Mordecai had eight generations of preachers before him. I don't know how many greats that is. Six, seven? Great, 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 great grandfather was a preacher. And their families I mean, they, they weren't well-known. He, he, had, he had one, Mordecai had one great-grandfather that pastored 14 churches at the same time because nobody else would. Pretty awesome heritage, don't you think? Mordecai was called into the ministry, but he resisted. And in 1899... When Mordecai was 22 years old, his grandfather passed away. But before his grandfather passed away, his grandfather prayed over Mordecai. And something happened to Mordecai. A mantle came from his grandfather to him. We're talking about faithfulness this morning. Mordecai finally at 22 years old, said yes to the call of God. And Mordecai began to preach, but he didn't feel called to preach like his fathers were pastors. He, he began to do uh, revivals around the nation with tents. He was a tent-meeting revival preacher. Mordecai never felt like he did much for the Lord. He never felt like he was a great, strong evangelist. But Mordecai would go wherever God called him to go, put up his tent, and preach the gospel. He was faithful. 30 years into his ministry, he's now in his late 50s, and he's still putting up his tent, and he's still preaching the gospel. Now, in the, in the life of America, tent meetings are beginning to wane a little bit. They were really popular in the, in the 20s. In fact, this church started, in, uh, started by a move of God partially that happened in Chautauqua Park that, that was uh, out on the edge of town. 
kind of like a tent. And that was in the, in the uh, 1930s. In 1934, Mordecai, just being faithful with his tent around the nation, led a young man to the Lord whose name was William Graham. Mordecai died not having felt like he did much for the kingdom. But his faithfulness caused an avalanche where millions were swept into the kingdom and where the anointing on Mordecai's life was for tents. The anointing on Billy's life was for stadiums. Woo! And millions and millions and millions of people that had never heard the gospel before heard the gospel. Hallelujah. Why? Because a, a grandfather in 1899 was faithful to pray over his grandson. You think that the things that you do are insignificant. But this is how God builds his kingdom. He doesn't choose everybody to be a Billy Graham. He doesn't choose everybody to be the one that's out front leading a national revival, a national move of God. But on the backs of faithfulness, seemingly insignificant acts that don't, don't seem like they amount to much, uh, they oftentimes open up the door for God to move mightily in a situation. Come on. Come on. And so, Mother, you're faithfully battling for the souls of your children that are away from God right now. You don't know the calling that's on your son or on your daughter. That there's such a war over your son or daughter because God is going to use them to shape regions. Your faithfulness in the prayer closet is moving the kingdom forward. We prayed over students today. They're ornery. They run through the church. Sometimes we go, ah! God's hand is on their life. And they're going to grow up and they're going to shake nations, some of them. Don't look around and say, oh, because there's too many brown chairs, we're not being effective in the kingdom. You have no idea. There's a young man right now whose parents did not raise him to be a Christian. 
He doesn't know anything about the Lord. He's doing his own thing. He's dreaming about becoming uh, a doctor. He's dreaming about finishing high school and just going off doing whatever he wants to do to make a lot of money. But because of a church plan in Petersburg, this young man is going to hear the gospel. And God is going to get a hold of him. And for two or three years, he might grow up in the Petersburg church. For two or three years, we might have him to be discipled before he graduates. But in that two or three years, God calls him into the ministry. And he goes off and he trains for the ministry. And he becomes a preacher that, that shapes an entire state. We're struggling to just get a church started. But God has much bigger plans. Faithfulness. Faithfulness in the kingdom. A faithful man who can find. God is looking. And he's seen a whole lot of people here this morning that are faithful. Perfect? No. Always got it all together? Maybe not. But faithful. 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 Dennis and Linda are with their family right now. But they're preparing to celebrate 50 years of marriage. We have several in this church that have been married for 50 years or more. You know what's, do you know what's represented in that? A whole lot of faithfulness. Faithfulness. I don't pray this every day. I won't, I won't pretend to say that I do. But many times... I will declare over my wife, she's not listening, she's not looking, but before the Lord. And in my heart, I will look at her and I will say, God, I am going to be faithful to her for the rest of my life. And I say, I say that same thing to the Lord. God, I'm going to be faithful to you till the day that I die. I'm going to be faithful to your word. I'm going to be faithful to the ministry that you've called me to. I'm going to be faithful to the people that have called that you've called me to. Perfect? <laughs> no, and all God's people said that's for sure. <laughs> but faithful. You know, sometimes you're rewarded because you keep showing up. You keep showing up. 
because you keep showing up, God is going to pour himself into you. You know what the promise of the word is? That in due season, we shall reap a harvest if, and what's that one if? We don't give up. We don't give up. We don't give up. Hebrews chapter 10, the writer calls the people. He says, hey, many are in the habit of unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness can become a habit. 30 to 40% of Christians no longer attend church because of unfaithfulness becoming a habit during COVID. Think about it. And there are some that are faithful online. One thing I appreciate about Angela, she's here this morning. One thing I appreciate about her, about her every time we're online and she's not here, she's on, she's on the feed. Do you know what that is? That's faithfulness. Uh, we have an incredibly faithful, I take a 10-day vacation. I go up north with my daughters, and 10 days later, I start the prayer meeting at 8 o'clock, and all these people are flooding into the prayer meeting. It's a faithful group. It's amazing. It's changing the world. God honors faithfulness. Why? Should we be faithful? Here's the last reason. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. And it says this. God is faithful. Aren't you glad about that? Oh, he is a faithful God. And so Paul says, our word to you is not yes and no, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Sylvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no. I'll be there sometimes for you, but not every time. Yes and no. I'll answer prayer sometimes for you, uh, but not every time. Yes and no. That, that, that yes and no is created in our own minds, friends. God is not yes and no. God is faithful to his word. Hallelujah. And it says so. For all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. God's not brought you this far to abandon you. Hallelujah. You're walking through a valley. You're walking through difficulty. You're battling with certain things. Some of you have been battling with certain things for maybe a year, for maybe more, uh, more than a year, uh, long, long periods of time, but you're still battling. You're still battling. I am declaring over you the faithfulness of God. God will not leave you. He will not forsake you. His promises to you are yes 
and amen. It might be right now that you're standing beside the Red Sea wondering when it's going to part. You've commanded it to part. It hasn't parted yet. The Egyptian army's getting closer and closer and closer. I'm telling you, God is going to be faithful to his word. He cannot be unfaithful. He will He will part the sea. He will make a way. He will bring you through. He will bring healing to your body. Hallelujah. He will bring deliverance to your family. He will touch your son. He will touch your daughter. He will bring healing because he is faithful to his word. Hallelujah. And friends, that character in God becomes the character of those who follow God. Because God is faithful. Faithfulness is increasing in me. Hallelujah. God is faithful. I am in God. Therefore, I am becoming more and more faithful. Why? Because I'm becoming like the one that I spending time with. I am becoming like the one that lives in me. I am becoming like the one that that has uh, saved me and transformed me and forgiven me and redeeming me. I'm becoming like the one that I'm worshiping. Hallelujah. His character in me is increasing and growing and developing. God is faithful. And because he is faithful, I can be faithful to the things that he has called me to. Praise God. You say, well, I'm here this morning, Pastor. Look at all these brown chairs. There's a whole lot of people that need to hear this, but I'm not one of them. The ones that need to hear this, they're not here. Friends, it always starts by looking in the mirror. Don't look at the speck in your brother's eye at life when you have a log in your own. There are lots of different areas of our lives. Some of us need to come back to the Word and be faithful to the Word. You've got church attendance down. The New Testament church gathered weekly together. First they gathered daily, and then they gathered weekly on Sunday mornings. It was the day of the Lord. I've got that down. What about your prayer life? Are you faithful to the the place of prayer? What about your relationships? Does how you treat your spouse reflect the faithfulness of God? Who? We should feel conviction of the Holy Spirit when we've not been faithful? What's the answer when we've failed? The answer is simple. Come to the cross and say, Jesus, will you forgive me for not being faithful? 
and ask the Lord to help you. God, I thank you that I don't have to do this in my own strength, but I pray that you'd help me to come back to the Word, to block out time for the Word of God, to say no to the things that have crept in the way. I want to be faithful. Lord, you've just given me one denarii, one talent. I don't want to bury it in the sand. I want to use it for your kingdom, for your glory. Thank you.